Good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Zayin. I'm going to go from the last line of Tezayin Amud Beis. Um, it's the last daf of the second parak, and we were in the middle of discussing different ways that different sages used to end off their Amida. So we're continuing with that discussion. So it says, Rav Safra Bosatilusei Omar Hachi. After Rav Safra finished praying the Amida, he would insert the following. Between the heavenly hosts and the earthly hosts. Interesting, Rashi explains because if the angels in charge of nations in the heavenly hosts are arguing, it triggers war on earth. So we daven for peace, so he would daven for peace in the heavenly hosts so that their angels weren't fighting, which would therefore not, so, so that there would be no war. And may there also be shalom between the Talmidim who are delving into your Torah. Whether they're delving into it for Lishmo, whether they're delving into it for the wrong motivations. Um, a pointer on, whoever's delving into it, may they be Oisek in it for its own sake or for Hashem's sake. The issue with Talmudim learning Torah is the nature of coming to the truth of Torah is a fight. It's often referred to even as Milchem Teshel Torah, the fighting of the Torah. Because what? I suggest this is how we've got to understand this piece. And then you come along and you say, no, 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 this is the explanation. And I say, no, this is my explanation and this is why. And I bring a proof or a support. And you show me why I, what I'm saying is nonsense. And uh, the, so the nature is a argument of fight. So it's very easy to get personal. It's very easy to uh, it's, very e- yeah, it's very easy to get personal. Very easy to create a conflict and a fight from that. And especially and then, so that's why we dive in for peace. For, for peace between those who are learning Torah. And not only there's a further dimension, is that if someone's also in Torah for wrong motivations I mean it's something that uh, needs to be discussed. Uh, now's not the time of the different levels of non-motivations. There's like, not ideal motivations, like I learned Torah for honor, I learned Torah so that people stand up for me, you know, like those sort of motivations are not good, but they're not that bad. There are other motivations, like you learn Torah so you can disprove it. I learned Torah so I can argue with you. You know, those are really negative uh, mitos. And those people, there's no way that they're learning Torah will ever be able to have shalom with someone who's learning Torah Lishmo. If you just think about it, the person who's learning Torah Lishmo is trying to understand what he's learning. That's the ultimate of Torah learning. That's the ultimate of Torah learning is trying to delve into it, to understand it as best as you can. Where this person's coming along and out there to do the opposite. He's out there to show how it's all nonsense, to show you his point of view, not to try to understand the Torah. So there's never going to be peace. And that's why you have to dive in that those sort of people also... Um, that would be uh, I don't think that's the negative one we're speaking about but again it's not ideal <laughs> no, that, um, <laughs> yeah I don't think I, I don't think it's a new uh, that's not a new thing um this is an eighth tefillah that, uh, that we, we again discuss in the way that they end of tefillahs. Rabbi Alexandri would end as follows. May we stand in the corner of light for altamidenu bekeren chashecha and not in the do- corner of darkness. And may our heart not um, 
be painful may our eyes not be dimmed so again, um, again this is a very it's more cryptic but Karen Oro means the corner of light but we know light has connotations of uh, prestige, Torah all those things he says I want to be in that camp I want to live that lifestyle and not Chas uh, the opposite Ikad Omri Ho Rav Amnuna Masrilo. Some say that was actually the Tvila of Rav Amnuna. But Rabbi Alexandri Bosa the Masri, Omar Hachi, and the following was Rabbi Alexandri's Tvila. Riboyno Olom in Golu Vyodua Lefonecho, Shirtsoneinu Laso is Ritsoincho. May it be, it's revealed before you that our will is to do your will. Umima Akev, what's stopping us doing your will? So Orsha Beisa, the dough, the Yeast in the dough, that's the common, that's a phrase for the Yetzirah. We know Pesach, there's all the droshes of uh, taking the Yetzirah, the Soor, out of our house. And that's because that's uh, Raz's leaven's physicality, etc. The Shibud Malchios, and the other aspect is subjugation to the kings. That we should be saved from the hands, but Noshiv Lasso is returned. Um, and we should return to do fulfill your statutes and your will or the statutes of your will with a full heart with a whole heart um, interesting it's one shot is that the Sa'or stops is what causes the negative trans action Sa'or again physicality desires and um, things cause negative transgressions and Shibud Malchios being subject to the nations prevents us from serving Hashem with positive commandments. We don't have time to well, either we're not allowed to because of Zero, so we don't have time to put on Filin Daven, learn Torah, shake Lula, you know, build the sukkah. So that's uh, those two aspects. Another uh, interesting shot I heard of Sa'or Sheba is sometimes it's off, it can refer to Parnosa. The bread often represents Parnosa, person's uh, financial status, and that's the, the two main things stopping us uh, from getting, connecting to Hashem and serving Hashem properly is our Preoccupation, which is, I mean, fair. Maybe we take it a bit too far, but our preoccupation with making a parnasa, surviving physically, and shibun malchios. So another pshat in that. Rava bosat silusa marachi. Rava would say the following after that: "Nelukayat shaloyno tzarti eini kedai ukeshachshav shenosarti keilu loyno tzarti." Before I was created, I wasn't worthy of it, and now that I've been created, it's as if I was has never been created. I'm dust in my life and obviously after I die. Even my life, it's a very physical life. Sadly, I don't raise myself above the physical as much as I should. I'm a, uh, a vessel filled with shame and embarrassment. And I do not sin further. May it be empty, uh, wiped out in your, with your great mercy. And not through Yusurin Vichaloim Ra, not through bad Yusurin or sicknesses. This is actually the video of Rav Amnuna Zutai that we say on Yom Kippur. And I think we, if I remember correctly, we actually say this. In the, no, we don't. No. I'm saying do not say it on Yom Kippur as well. I think so. In the, the vidu at the end. The, the end of Yom Kippur is the vidu, the, the long al and stuff that we add in Yom Kippur, that's the vidu. So this yeah, is yeah. 
Okay, I don't say it. It's very much faster. So, it gives a round and so that's what yeah there's a lot of discussion what does it mean that uh, I wasn't worthy of being created now that I'm created etc but that's uh, when he would end his prayer he would conclude as follows this one should be a little bit familiar to us guard my tongue from evil was for sign and my speech from deceit. Um, and those who curse me, may they be silent. My, my, sorry, may I be silent to all those who curse me. May I have the strength of character to not respond to every uh, criticism, every curse that's uh, sent my way. May my nefesh be like dust. A nice pshat I heard in this is dust starts off under people. We trample on it. Uh, after 120, who's on top? The dust. So may we be like dust. Yeah, we don't. We can be humble and not worry about the insults, um, and uh, that will raise us up in the future. Not getting caught up, not uh, not being, not standing up for our pride. And I remember my science teacher in grade 10. I don't. Know, I think it was no. I was even younger. She explained. She says, no. When you try to stand on dust, it creates air which lifts it up. So you let, if you make yourself like dust and people try to stand on you, they'll never be able to, uh, to, to really crush you. Um, open my heart to your Torah and my, your mitz and my, my nefesh for, uh, pursue your mitzvahs. May I be saved from bad calamities, the yetzer horror. Um, bad woman, and all calamities that could come into the world, and anyone who thinks evil against me, um, may their plans be completely uh, wiped out. May be your will. Or may, sorry, may they found favor, the expressions of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart before you, my rock and my redeemer. This one, of all the tefillahs that we've read, this is the 11th one um, of the tefillahs we've discussed. In, in the slight variations, this is the one we have adopted to say at the end of our tefillah. What's special about it? I think I once heard from my father, it's one of the few that we daven regarding our speech. That's one of the unique factors about this one is it's may we not speak badly, um, may we not speak with evil intent or in a way that causes people harm. Interesting enough, I get, with all of them you have to analyze why that Rav would say this fill at the end of his Amida um, and uh, yeah, etc. The, there's just, just two halachas. One is the Sihila Rotsanim Reifi Vegyon Nibila Vanech Hashem Tzuri Vagali. So, as you notice in the paragraph of Elokhine Tzor, that is how the Amida ends. That's how the Tfila ends off, and we say it anyway. The question we learned earlier on, Rabbi Yochanan said, I think it was Rabbi Yochanan says, you always start Tfila with Hashem Sosai Tiftach Kufiya Kitzila Secho, and you end with Yihila Rotsanim Reifi Vegyon Nibila Vanecho. So, does this count as the ending, or maybe the end of Tfila is really after Sim Shalom? After Sim Shalom, that's the 19th or the 18th, 18th now 19th bracha. So maybe if you, like Rabbi Yochanan, you should say Yehilarotzon after that. And if I remember correctly, that's how the Mishnah Bura Praskans. You should say Yehilarotzon, Mrefi Vegyon, Nibila Fanecha, Shem Suri Vagali, after you finish Sim Shalom. 
Baruch Atah Hashem, Mubarech Hazem Yisrael Ba'ashalom, Yehilu Ratzon, this phrase, this pasuk, this pasuk before you say Elokai Natsar, and then you say Elokai Natsar, and, and say it at the end of Elokai Natsar. So there's another point that if they are, so that would be, I would say, in a, the general state, that's what the Mishra, obviously if you have a different tradition to do it differently, but that's how the Mishra book comes out, you actually end up saying it twice, one just before Elokai Natsar, at the end of the Amidah, and one at the end. They're important if you are, once you into Elokai Natsar, it has semi- Amida status, but there's certain leniencies. Like if the Tibur say Kaddish or Kadusha, if you're in Elokainatsor, you can answer. But you should have made a point of ending your Amida. So you do that by saying the Sihilaratsor before Elokainatsor. So if you see you are going to interrupt in Elokainatsor, then you definitely must say Yehilaratsor before you say Elokainatsor. No, definitely must, but it would be then strongly uh, <coughs> good grounds to say it. <coughs> Pardon? Yeah. Um, yeah. Rav Sheshes have a yosvi, but Tanisa Bosotamatsvi, when Rav Sheshes would have be fasting after he finished davening, he would say as follows Ribbon Olim, Golivia Dolaf, Necho, his mancha by Samidash Kayam, Odom Hoytu, Makriv Korban, Vain Makrivi Mimenu, Elo Helbov, Adamu, Mishaperlo. We know that in the time when the base Amid, if a person sinned in the time there was a base Amidash, he would bring a Korban and he would offer the dam and the fats of the Korban and it would atone for him. Master of the Shati Batanis, when his mad Helvi Vadami. And now I've sat in fasting, my fat and my blood has been diminished. May it be your will that this fasting should be like my, this that my blood and fat have diminished, should be like I've offered a korban on, my, on the base, on the Mizbech. Rabbi Yochan and Kavim Asaim, Sifra the Iov, and Rabbi Yochan would finish the Sefer Iov. Omar Hachi would say as follows, Soif Adam Lomus. At the end, a person is going to die. With Soif Bahemel Shrita, the end of the animal is for Shrita. I call the Misahem Emdim, everything's going to die. Ashra Misha, God of Batar, Great is some, uh, happy is one who grew great in Torah and labored in Torah, because that's infinite, that's beyond death. But also Nachas Ruch Liyotra and gave. Uh, Good nachas to his uh, creator. The Godel Beshem Tov, Venifta Beshem Tov, and he grew up with a good name and he died with a good name. Venifta Beshem Tov, Mina Oilam, and he left uh, the world with a good name. For all of Omar Shlomo, and regarding him, Shlomo says, Tov Shem is Shem and Tov. A good name is better than the best oil. The Yoma Moves, Mi Yoma Ivaldu, and the day of death from the day of birth. And just uh, one reason they say, so just interesting, Rabbi Yochanan says, it sounds like Rabbi Yochanan would make a special drosha when he would messiah him a sefer of Nach. He says, when I'd finish Eov, I'd make a sign. I don't know if, that's, if it's 100% conclusive. It's just, uh, he would, maybe he was just learning Eov. And he says, oh, this is a drosha on the end of Eov. One shot wants here is, be, well, Rabbi Yochanan would learn Eov because he felt a connection to it because he lost all his children. Eov lived a very difficult life. Okay, various other reasons why Rabbi Yochanan was Messiah. But just in regards to the halacha, we ask, on, the, on Erev Pesach, we know firstborns have to fast. What? But if they make a siyum, they don't have to. What qualifies as a siyum? So we know a siyum of a Masecht of Gomorrah definitely qualifies. If he makes a siyum in Gomorrah, he doesn't have to fast. The Ashram Moshe Farnstein does this, can they make a siyum in Nach? In a safer of Nach? So Rav Moshe said, interestingly, he said, if they learned it properly, like with the 
commentary that goes into it well, like a Rishon or an Achron, that they, they went into it deeply, then they can actually make a Siyum to get out of. But if they just learn through it like a, not so in-depth, then they would not be allowed to. Um, I don't know. I was. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'd look at. I didn't have a chance to look in the commentary. I was wondering, but I didn't look in the commentary. Uh, maybe it's because he's earned his good name and he's died with a good name now. That's better than. Uh, yeah. Not sure. Margala Bapumia de Ribimea. Uh, Rabbi Meir used to say frequently, Margola Bapumia seems like it was their, almost like one of their mottos. Like Rabbi Meir would teach this often, obviously it's, we've got to delve into it, what Rabbi Meir saw, but he obviously felt this was like a key fact in Avoidas Hashem, in personal development of Avoidas Hashem. What is he Make a firm commitment in your heart and your soul to know my ways. And to be diligent by the doors of my Torah. Guard my Torah in your heart. And always have the fear of me, the awe of Hashem, of me before your eyes. Guard your mouth from all sin. Purify and sanctify yourself from all uh, guilt and sin. And I will be with you today. I mean, the common denominator of this is striving, making, being very aware of Hashem. Make your day about striving to comprehend Hashem better, to understand what Hashem's about better, to be afraid of Hashem, etc. Learn His Torah. The sages of Yavne frequently used to say the following. I who sit and learn is a creation. And so too, my friend who's not learned is a creation. Okay, my labor is in the city, I sit in the base medrash, and his work is out in the field. I get up to do my work, and he gets up to do his work. Just as he doesn't try to encroach in my work, or doesn't try to make himself uh, distinguished, uh, significant through my work, I mustn't do that with his work. I don't think just because you're a Tamar Chacham that you're an expert in everything. And uh, if I was involved in that, I would do much better. Um, you hope, but you hope that I'm honest and say, well, if I was a rabbi, I would do it much better. It sounds, uh, sounds quite familiar, that line. If I was a Tamar Chacham, if I was a rabbi, I'd do it much better than them. I would know how to uh, do everything. But uh, both ways, both parties should have respect for each other. Oh, maybe you'll say, look, I learn a lot and he learns a little. We learned by the Korbanos that whether you're giving a lot or a little, as long as your heart is directed towards Hashem. If I remember correctly, that's the Gomorrah Manach, I mean, it is the Gomorrah Manachos. But if I remember correctly, the context is here that a poor person brings a mincha offering a wealthy person or a bird offering and a wealthy person is bringing an animal. Don't think, oh, he's bringing an animal, he's bringing a bird, he's a second class, he's going to get second class atonement or he's a second class citizen. No, whether you do a lot or a little is not the key point. The key point is your motivation. Not even, not, uh, I think it's more your intention. In particular. 
Abai used to frequently say, You must always be sly in your fear of Hashem. You must go to come up with new ways to, uh, to stimulate your fear of Hashem. And a gentle response can turn away a lot of fury and anger. You must make a lot of peace with your friends and your relatives and all people. Even non-Jews in the market. So that you are beloved above and treasured below. We know the Mishnah Avo says, how do, how do you know if someone's beloved above? If they're beloved, if people love them, then you can be confident that Hashem loves them. And you must be acceptable, approachable by, by people. They said to Rabbi No one was ever able to greet him first, even a Nochri in the marketplace. I said, Don't always work on being friendly, respectful, and nice to people, trying not to uh, stimulate, uh, never mind Machloikes, which would be early on what he said, but even just. Uh, bad feelings. Frequent uh, teaching of Rava. The ultimate purpose, the ultimate end of wisdom is for tshuva and good deeds. So that you don't have a person sitting and learning and then he rebels against his father and mother and his rebbe and those who are greater than him in wisdom and in years. I, um, someone who does evil, who acts inappropriately, in a way is rebelling against his fathers, his teachers, etc. Don't be like that. You've got to have the aim to learn. Shenemar, as it says, Reishis Chochma Yeres Hashem. The point of wisdom, or the starting point of wisdom, is fear of God. Shechol Toiv Lo'olam Asayim. Sorry, the end of the Pasuk is Seichol Toiv Lo'olam Asayim. It's good understanding, good wisdom to those who do them, and then they make a drosh. I'm going to read it, how they correct the gear, so it's just a little bit easier. It doesn't say to those who learn it, it says those who practice it. Obviously those who practice it for the right motivations and not those who practice it for the wrong motivations. Someone who practices with the wrong intention, it's better that he is not created. Again, I think, remember we mentioned earlier, there's two types of shalolishmo. There's shalolishmo that's more <coughs> there's uh, there's 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 different degrees of uh there's I'm doing it for the honor, I'm doing it for the reward. My parents promised me a bicycle or some extra money if I you know learn well or whatever. So they're all those wrong motivations. Parents promised me if I do a Shema every night, I'll get X or whatever. If you speak nicely to people for the next three days, you know, there's all those motivations which are not, as I said, not great, but they're not that bad. That's where we always say, I think, if you start off with the wrong motivations, you'll trade yourself, you become a good person, and you'll do it for the right motivations. Um, this, I'm assuming, this person who should not be created is someone who's doing it for negative motivations. They give that turn to. Uh, incite to argue to
And did you, no, but she obviously didn't start. Her motivation wasn't was for. She, I'm going to assume, obviously, just to fit in with what I've just said, is that her motivation was for the truth, which she assumed. No, but she assumed she 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 her motivation was for the truth, but she assumed what the truth was and it was wrong. But when she started looking into it, think if her motivation was just to prove the their side of the story, well, like we see now, there's no good arguments you can give, there's no proofs, no matter how much history you bring, no matter how many rationales, no matter how wonderful you show the one party is, they'll never listen to you because they, they, their motivation is not for their truth, their motivation is for some other political agenda. Yeah. Okay, okay, we've got a I mean, it's not so clear that the what type of uh, negative conflict, but oh, that's also very important to remember. When we learn Torah, it's not just to learn Torah. I don't want to take away from the chashubas of learning Torah, but largely it's to make us better people, to improve us. It's the starting point is Yiras Hashem. We've got to have Yiras Hashem in mind, and then we can learn Torah. If we don't learn Torah with Yiras Hashem, can sometimes, sadly, as we'll, I mean, we'll bring examples later, uh, just over the page. Anyways, the Torah by itself, without Yiras Hashem, without the motivation to be a better person, to practice the Torah, can actually have very dire consequences in the, the makeup of a person. Um, this, the Olam Haba is not like this world. There's no eating or drinking on Olam Haba. There's no Pruravu in Olam Haba. There's no business. There's no jealousy. There's no hatred. And there's no competition. The Tzadikim sit with their crowns on their head. And they enjoy the radiance of the Shekhinah. They will see the glory of Hashem and they'll eat and drink. Ah, that's the eating and drinking. Ha'anoshim Shenema, great is the. I'm, I'm assuming uh, I get, it might depend on how you understand Olam Haba. We touched on it in Sanhedrin. It's a discussion. What's Olam Haba? Is that after Yomoyesa Mashiach, there's Olam Haba when basically we're still physical? Or is Olam Haba the stage after that, or after in Moshe Mashiach shows where it's purely spiritual? So maybe that's what it depends on. Are we, are we still physical, just in a, I don't know what you'd call it, a more exalted spiritual existence of our spiritual, of our physical lives, or are we spiritual? Maybe that's what it depends on. Um, Okay. Um, 
Sometimes, uh, you've got to remember you've got to, your learning has to take steps. So you can start off with what you can understand, and then when you want to research the topic, then you have to uh, put in the effort, put in the depth, go find the pasuk, get the, not the Hebrew English dictionary, the Aramaic uh, English dictionary, and work from there. Um, Hashem gave a greater promise to women than he promised to men. Shenemar, as the Apostle says, Woman, rise up at ease. Listen to my voice. Confident daughters, you can be confident in what Hashem will give you. Listen to, my, to what I say. On my Rabbi. But what do women get this extra level of reward from? It's difficult to understand. Men have Talmud Torah, which they sit and do. Okay, it's changing now. Lots of women are doing that as well. Men have mitzvahs that women don't have to do. So we can understand men getting a very special position. They've worn tefillin every day of the life. But women, how do they get that position? It says, That they take their children to learn of... Uh, and they send their husbands off to the yeshiva and they wait for their husbands to come home from learning so their sacrifice for Torah learning which is often really underappreciated um, is uh, um, is what really sets them almost in a way sets them they have a greater uh, a greater share in some ways um, I mentioned this at my seum, like I noticed it with me and my wife. Like She's more than happy for me to sit and learn, but it often means her taking the kids for the whole afternoon and without any of my help, you know, things like that. And it is a big sacrifice. When the students would leave the yeshiva, would be leaving the yeshiva of Rabbi Ami, some said it was the yeshiva of Rabbi Hanina, they would say the following to each other. You should see your world in your life. And the ultimate end of your life should be Olam Haba. And what you and what you should see, what you hope for of, for all generations. Your heart should labor in understanding. Your mouth should speak wisdom. And you should whisper, your tongue should always whisper praises. Your eyes should always be straight ahead of you. May your eyes be a light with the light of Torah. Your face should be shining like the shining sky. Your view dice. Your lips should uh, utter wisdom, uh, knowledge, full of knowledge. And your kidneys should rejoice in in uprightness. And your feet should run to hear the words of the ancient one, of Hashem. Um, you know, interesting uh, broch that they used to give to each other when uh, leaving their yeshiva. I guess now that you're leaving yeshiva, I guess at the end of the term or whatever, now you've got the real challenge to keep all the good that you've worked for during Zman. You know what, I'm not saying it's easy to sit in yeshiva and learn, but in a way, to be good in the yeshiva environment is one thing. To take that and go on bad Zmanim, and then you've got... Uh, you got no structure, 
and you're busy doing all these other things involved in the world, it's much harder to keep yourself straight and focused on Torah learning and running to learn Torah, speaking in Torah, thinking in Torah, trying to look up uh, words of uh, look uh, look into the Torah. Those are that's much harder when you after you've left Yeshiva. When the students would be leaving the Yeshiva of Rachilta, some say it was Yeshiva Rosh Hashanah. Say the following: Our leaders. Sorry. Um, How do they trans um, are are loaded? Alufenu huh? mesubalim. How do they translate? Okay, yeah. our leaders are heavy with something, laden with something. What does that mean? We'll see the, the, it's going to bring the rest of the pasuk shortly and explain it phrase by phrase. But Rav and Shmuel discussed it, and some say it was Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Lozach. They loaded with Torah, and they're, sorry, they, they, they're the chiefs, they're the leaders in Torah, and they're loaded with mitzvahs. I, even though they learn Torah, they still do uh, mitzvahs and chesed. It's not just enough to sit and learn and say. What does it mean that they're, they're leaders in Torah and mitzvahs? And, even they're, and they're loaded with Yisurim. Are they very pious, our teachers? Then it goes on. Ain't Paris, there's no breach. We daven that there's no, uh, what's it, infiltrators in our group, like in the group of David who had Achitofel come from him. Achitofel, what I mentioned earlier, someone who learns Torah sometimes with the wrong uh, foundation can be the worst of the worst. Achitofel was a phenomenal genius advisor, huge, huge Talmud Chochem, and uh, he strayed and he, um, he, uh, he betrayed David Amelech, etc., and he doomed himself to a very uh, terrible end. And that there's no one who leaves our group, so that we don't have someone in our group, like in the group of Shmuel. Again, sorry, he was head of the, he was, I think, based in the time of Shol. You can imagine his level of Tamchol. The Gomorrah brings a, a discussion where, I mean, we're not even clear what the discussion is, but he had 300 answers to a question that. Uh, no one, no one in the Gomorrah had answers to. So he's a phenomenal, phenomenal Talmud Chacham, and yet still he learned with the wrong foundation, and he, he, he had reached the degree where he was able to cause the death of the whole of Nov Irakohanim. That our group doesn't turn out like the group of Gehozi who was crying out because of its harass. Berchovaseinu in our streets. In our neighborhood, that he overcooks his food in public. Uh, he, takes, uh, he takes what he gets and he publicly distorts it and, and messes it up. Interesting, if you, the note falls in here, they bring some Gomorrahs had that text, that uh, don't overcook our food in uh, public, Kagon Yeshu Hanoitri. The, like Jesus the Christian. Shimu, okay, carrying on. The Gemara says, Shimu alai aviru leiv. Those of mighty heart listen to me. Harchoki mit tzedakah. Those who are far from tzedakah. Now, 
this piece is brought here because it's the same format. The previous piece was introduced as some say it's a, a machloikas between Rav and Shmuel and some say it's a machloikas between Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Lozo. That's the same thing here. Now interesting, both learn this posuk is regarding tzaddikim. So again, listen to me, the mighty of heart, who are far from tzedakah. And that we're referring to tzaddikim. So Rabbi Shmuel Amrilei, some say it was the discussion between Rabbi Shmuel and some say it was the discussion between Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Lozo. Some say the whole world is sustained through tzedakah, but they sustain through power, through strength. What does that mean? Everyone else is, the only reason most of us survive is because of Hashem's tzedakah and charity and kindness. We don't deserve it. But there are a few people who do deserve it and they sustain not through tzedakah, but through zroah, through force. The other one said, no, the whole world is, create, is sustained on their merit. And they don't even get sustained based on their merit. Either they live in a difficult, poor life where they don't get sustenance, they don't seem to get sustenance, or they don't really need sustenance. So the whole world is sustained on these tzaddikim, but they're far from tzaddikim because they don't need the tzaddikim. They're, uh, they, they, they don't need Yehuda Omar Rav, like Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Domar Rav Yehuda Omar Rav, Kol Yom, Vayom, Paskol Yoytseis, Maher Mehar Choreva, Paskol goes out from Har Choreva, Omeris. And it says, Kol Oilam Kula Nizonim Bishil, Chanina Beni, Vachanina Beni, Dailoi Bakav Charuvim, Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. The whole world is sustained on the merit of Chanina Ben, my son. And Chanina Beni uh, uh, sustains himself on one cup of carobs the whole week. So he lived a very, uh, what would you call it, uh, frugal life, but the whole world, so the, all the food that everyone was eating, all the sustenance that everyone got was in his merit, but he didn't really require tzedakah because he lived a very frugal life. This is arguing on Rabbi Yehuda, Dom Rabbi Yehuda, man, Abirei Leiv, who's Abirei Leiv? Goivei Tipshi, the foolish Govais, Givonim, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Taita, Dohola, Igya, Kuyurimina, and a proof that they're very foolish, foolish, is that none of them ever converted. It seems this is an allusion to the Givonim. Remember, at the time of Yeshua was going into Eretz Israel, the Givonim, one of the same nations, tricked him into thinking they were a foreign nation and converted and made a peace treaty. Now, even when they were found out, Yeshua didn't want to um, ruin the Jews' reputation of being unreliable in their peace treaties. So he kept them, he just demoted them to water cutters and things. But throughout their history, they were very, uh, um, they were not good people. They were a bit uh, barbaric and cruel. We found how they, they, um, they wanted Shaul's descendants to be hung up and killed in vengeance for what happened with what Shaul did to some of their ancestors. So they weren't, uh, were not nice people. And in the end, they what's called the Givonim or the Nesinim, they were banned from marrying into Eretz Israel, and I think they, into regular, marrying regular Jews, and they slowly faded out. But one of the proof, none of them ever converted properly. These Govais, because they were, they were just not good people. So interesting, the one way of learning the possible we had Avira Leiv was uh, referring to the Tzadikim, and then Harchokim, it's a means because they don't really need the Tzadokah. And now he's learning it, Avire Leif. This is Rav Yehuda learned Avire Leif as, as uh, stubborn, foolish people who don't, can't see what's good when it's right in front of their eyes. Om Ravashi, B'nai Masemachse, Avire Leif, you know. The people of Masemachse are Avire Leif, or have the stubborn, the stubborn, foolish characteristic. Why? 
the Kochazi Yikru Doraisa, they see the splendor of Torah trays, Mana Bishasa twice a year, Velokamagai Guru Minayim, we never had a convert from amongst them. They see uh, twice a year they, there would be the public shear of, uh, I guess, just before Pesach and just before Sukkot, a month before Pesach, a month before Sukkot, where everyone would be flocking to learn Torah and they would see the splendor of Torah and none of them converted. They clearly have this uh, stubborn, foolish uh, character. Then we're just going on to the last point of the, uh, the point of the Mishnah. If a groom wants to say Kriyatma. So we mentioned a, a Chasan on his first night is Potter from Kriyatma because he's Tirda. What happens if he wants to say Kamil came along and said if he wants to well Rabban Kamil said I'm uh, fitting, I can say it. But there's a Machloikas in the Mishnah. The Chachomim say if he wants to say it, he can say it. It's a good thing. He's taking on an extra thing that he was exempt from. And Ben Gamliel came along and he said, no, you can't just say that you're great. I guess Rabbi Shimon, and we're going to go into that now. So he says, You're telling me, it seems that Rabban Gamliel is concerned of people being arrogant and Rabbanon are not concerned about people being arrogant. Aye? What's the, so yeah, what Rabban Gamliel's, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's phrase was, not everyone who wants to take a good name for themselves can. You can't just act like a tzaddik. You have to almost earn that uh, status. Um, you can't just do the deeds of the pious. You have to be on the level to do the deeds of the pious. And we can even, if you just think about Shema for a second, why, why is he exempt from Kriyat Shema on the night of his wedding? Because he's distracted and preoccupied. If he just says Kriyat Shema because he wants to be pious, will he really be able to say it with the proper kavana? Unless he is on the high level of someone who's got Malchus Shomayim at a forefront of their life. So you can understand why. But it seems by the fact that they argue over whether anyone can just say it, it seems that we're concerned someone will be arrogant or not. So there's another place where we see the opposite. Either Rabbonin or Concerned about arrogance, and Rambam Gamliel is not concerned. It's not. We learned in the Mishnah. Mokam shenogu lasos melacha betisha pa'av oisin. Mokam shenogu shaloi lasos ein oisin. In a place where the custom is to work on tisha pa'av, you're allowed to work on tisha pa'av. In a place where the custom is not to work on tisha pa'av, you're not allowed to work on tisha pa'av. And in every place, Tamilei Chachomim should not work. But Rabban Shimon Gamliel Oimer lo oilam yase kol adam es asmo ketamud chacham. Every time a tamud chacham, every person should be like a tamud chacham. In a place where they have the minak to work on Tisha B'av, you should work. You can work, but you should make yourself like a tamud. But what do we see? Rabban Shimon Gamliel is saying that. Even if you're not on the level of a Tamil Chochum who is not allowed to work on Tisha B'av, you should make yourself like a Tamil Chochum and not work on Tisha B'av. So, our Mishnah, the Rabbonah, 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 the Rabbonah. Again, Rabbonah held in our Mishnah that you can take on the mantle of a pious person and say Kriyat on your wedding night. And here they said, no, you can't just work. You can't just not work on Tisha B'Av like a pious person. And it's going to the other way around. In our mission, he says, you can't just take on the mantle of a, being a tzaddik and a chosid. And in the mission of there, he says, everyone should take on that, uh, that, uh, that role. So Amr B'Yohanan Mukhlefes Hashit R'Biyohanan says, yeah, you must switch it around. I line them, make them lana. 
Rav Shisha, Bredavidi, Omar Loilam, Loy Tachlit. No, Rav Shisha, Bredavidi says, don't switch them around. The Rabbon and Ad Rabbon and Loy Kashan, the two teachings of the sages are not in contradiction. Kriyachma, Kivain, Dukuliama, Loy Kori, Vionami, Kori, Dukuliama, Kori, Vionami, Kori, Loy Mechzik, Yura. But Kriyachma, everyone is saying Kriyachma that night. So for him to also say Kriyachma, it's not standing out. It's just uh, being uniform. So there's no concern of arrogance. Hacha, or not as great a concern of arrogance. However, here, where everyone is working and he's not working, there's no concern. there is a concern of merci cure. It looks like arrogance. Again, interesting enough here, the whole concern, I mean, we're not even worried about what he's actually thinking, but you see how... Well, let me finish this. The Rabbonin, the Rabbon Shimon Ben Gamil, at the Rabbonin, at the Rabbon Shimon Ben Gamil, Loi Kasha. Hosom Bakavon, Italia Milsom, Anan Sahari, the Loi Motsi, Lakavone, Date. This is what I said. By Kriyachma, it requires Kavona. And we can be certain, we can testify that he will not be able to have Kavona. And therefore, we tell a Chathan on his first knife. I guess unless you like Rabban Gamil, don't say Kriyashma. But yeah, if someone sees someone not working on Tisha B'av, what will they say? He doesn't have work to do. So it doesn't stand out at all and he can fulfill the requirement of not working on Tisha B'av. And my proof, the proof, is go look in the marketplace how many people are just sitting around doing nothing. So just because someone's not working on Tisha B'av, it doesn't stand out as he's making himself pious. So there's no concern of Yuhara. And also, what's he, what wrong is he doing? Unlike Bakriyachma, he'll say it without Kavona, so there's no point in saying it. But not working on Tisha B'av, he's still adding to the morning of Tisha B'av, so he might as well do it. Um, just on this last point, we see how careful uh, Chazal are about arrogance. Seeming, just seeming arrogant, just doing something that sticks out as a pious practice. Merzike Yura, it looks like arrogance, and we're concerned about it, and it's... If not Osir, it's strongly discouraged. It seems even in some contexts that it's actually Osir. Um, and we'll leave it here for today. We'll start the new parrot tomorrow. Yeah.